Welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. I'm Jason Bates from 11FS, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Stephen Barclay, MP, Economic Secretary to the Treasury. Hey, Stephen, how are you? Hi, Jason. Great to speak to you. So I guess first off, for listeners both in the UK and abroad, what does the Treasury do? Well, the Treasury is responsible for the government, uh, its response to the economy and uh, ensuring that we get the quality of life and uh, the services uh, and the support of uh, the economy that we need. So it's set in our economic policy, uh, taxes, spending, uh, whether that's in the public sector or more widely. So it's really at the heart of government policy. That's a phenomenally broad remit. There are just so many kind of directions you can possibly take that. How did you arrive here? Uh, well, firstly, by becoming a member of parliament, because uh, uh, as a minister, um, most of the ministers in government are in the House of Commons. But through uh, the Treasury, perhaps because I have a financial services background, I used to work in the financial services industry. Uh, and so there's a natural fit with a ministerial brief within the Treasury. So I saw from your, I think, LinkedIn that you're in insurance, banking, a lawyer. It seems like you've been in a lot of the big players looking at the same kind of market from a lot of different angles. Does that bring something special, I guess, to your position now? Oh, it helps, but also there's limitations to it because the industry is always changing and moving on. So I've been in Parliament seven years, the industry's changed in the last seven years. But I think it does help to have an industry background and understanding and empathy within this industry. I know how important financial services is. Uh, it contributes 71 billion in tax to the UK economy. It employs directly more than a million people. Uh, two thirds of those importantly are outside of London mm -hmm. because often the debate on financial services can be a bit London centric, but there's big regional centers within financial services. So I think having an industry background helps but one shouldn't get too carried away that um, the industry is always changing and evolving. And fintech is a big part of that. Well, I mean, you, you, br you definitely brought it up. The, the podcast is called Fintech Insiders. What's your view of fintech? I'm really excited by it. I, I just think in terms of the UK specifically, uh, we've got the highest adoption rate uh, of fintech. This is a market that's hungry for product. If I look at the way tap and go is used by my constituents, uh, the way people are paying for their coffee with their phone, I think it's a hugely exciting agenda, but it's, it's much wider than that. I think the potential on financial inclusion, the way it can help people with affordability with their bills. We all know it's, it's quite easy with with how busy life is. Perhaps people might think they need to shop around or they may think they're slightly overpaying for a product, but it's easy for the weeks to go by. And I think the way FinTech will, particularly with its connection with open banking, offers the opportunity for, for people to get a better product, a better price, a better service, for it to work with some of the challenger financial uh, institutions out there. I think it's really exciting. And for the millennials, many of whom don't always have a positive view of banking, uh, I think there's, there's huge opportunities there as well. And so what role is there for government in in creating the environment around that. We've spoken to the FCA previously on the podcast, and I've been phenomenally impressed by how they've sort of set the playground around both enabling customers to switch around, but also giving licenses out with 
Project Innovate and the Sandbox. How does you know how does government sort of do this well? I think there's a huge role for facilitation, and, and you mentioned the FCA, which has led the world on some of its innovation, like Sandbox. And that's not about having lighter regulation in terms of a lower standard, but it's saying how do we work with the industry to get product to market? How do we create a, a way of testing things so we actually get to the right outcome in a quicker way? Uh, and I think government has a role in that as well. I mean, I've chaired a number of roundtables with the industry. Uh, with fintech uh, in July, we had one looking at talent with the immigration minister and how the brightest and best can be attracted to London uh, in the future. So we retain the talent that we have within the fintech sector within the UK. Uh, and I think government has a big role in terms of facilitating that and working with industry players as well. So for example, we have a government fintech envoy, uh, Eileen Burbage, who I met just last week, looking again as a channel in terms of what is it the industry need and how is it then as the minister responsible, I can make sure we're responding constructively and quickly to those needs. I know Eileen well. She invested in in one of my startups, Monzo. So uh, big thumbs up for for Eileen. Um, I guess that leads us on to the elephant in the room in terms of Brexit, because especially for someone starting up a fintech, you know, there was this golden period of, wow, you know, a regulator that seems to get it to be protecting the public as well as uh, fostering competition then being able to passport into Europe in order to to kind of grow that fintech across national boundaries and to bring in talent from across the world is a great thing. There obviously seems to be a lot of uncertainty at the moment as to what Brexit will mean and how that will work. You know, what's your view? Well, firstly, we shouldn't misstate the current position. It's interesting looking at the Ernst Young uh, and Innovate Finance Survey census that's just come out, which shows that for half of the companies in this space, in the fintech space, they anticipate 100% growth over the next 12 months. So actually, firstly, there's a lot of positivity and optimism out there. Uh, but you're right, there are also some concerns, and talent is particularly one of them. That's why I arranged the meeting with the immigration ministers, so we could specifically look at the talent needs of the fintech sector uh, and how we provide some reassurance on that. Uh, and I think when I speak to colleagues in Parliament, what's very clear to me is no one in politics that I speak to wants to stop the brightest and best coming to the UK to work in the fintech sector. Politicians across the spectrum of parties and also those who supported the Brexit vote and those who opposed it all agree that we need to have the brightest and best. But I agree there sometimes is a perception because people might hear that but they still have reservations and government needs to keep repeating that message because we want to ensure that Britain remains the destination of choice for fintech as reflected in a number of the surveys that have come out, which show that we're really the leading market for it. That's amazing. So with fintechs, considering the UK as a base, you know, we've, uh, we have all kinds of people opening everything from wealth managers or asset management plays, blockchain payments, you name it. Why should they come to the UK as opposed to any of the other European capitals that now seem to be vying for, for that position uh, as being uh, a leader in fintech? Well, I think partly it's the talent that we have in the UK in this area. Partly it's the, the cluster that has developed around tech city and other areas. Uh, part of it, as we've referred to, is the regulatory environment, having a regulator that gets fintech, that is constructive, that is engaged in the way that the FCA has been. Partly it's the capital uh, that London has. Partly it's the language, the legal certainty that a lot of businesses, not just fintech, but legal certainty and confidence in the law is valued. What was interesting
interesting to me is I, I joined the, the Chancellor uh, during the summer on an economic and finance dialogue to Brazil. And the opportunity London offers, for example, to, to fintech firms in developing countries like Brazil, where currently only one in 10 uh, of the retail market has access to household insurance, for example. So that's a good illustration of where there's massive potential within the market of a country. There is actually a very strong fintech sector in Brazil, and the scope to combine that with the expertise in London. So there's a win-win between the opportunities for Brazilian firms coming to London and the opportunities for the London fintech sector. Uh, and I'm very keen to build on the bridges that we've already developed with other countries such as Singapore in fintech. So we build these relationships around the world with fintech specialists who see London as their destination of choice. The Financial Times guides you through complex issues. In divisive times, don't settle for black and white. When you need the full perspective, turn to FT.com. Become a subscriber today. Search for FT subscription. Fintech innovation is changing the way we bank. And the speed we deploy new customer experiences is vital. Onboarding the right fintech partners can take months. Do you have time to lose? Introducing the Innovation Acceleration Platform from Temenos. Test fintech solutions at speed with real data straight from the core banking system. With a yearly subscription, you can begin testing the same day and create new customer experiences in no time. For more details, visit marketplace.temenos.com. This episode of Fintech Insider is brought to you by SmartDX, a smart communication solution. The days of managing capital markets documentation using Word docs and emails are over when you use SmartDX in its innovative, collaborative negotiation environment, built by the industry for the industry. SmartDX simplifies drafting, negotiation, and execution of all capital markets documentation for all asset classes and product types while giving you transparency, control, and digital data that can be extracted at any point in the process. Learn more at www.smartcommunications.com backslash SmartDX. So... Earlier, we spoke about the London centricity or the, the public view that, you know, you go down to Old Street or Shoreditch and it's everyone's in a startup and has a big beard. Great. <laughs> Are there hotspots across the UK that you would point to as doing some interesting things in, in fintech at the moment? There are, and there's a number regionally, and it's one of the things I'm very keen to get out and see more of. I mean, I'm myself from the north of England, I'm a Lancashire lad. Uh, I represent a constituency outside of London. So so I have a natural desire to see uh, fintech uh, blossom around the UK, not just in London. But it's about the, the proposition as a whole. So one of the things I've already been discussing with the, the regulator, with the FCA, is again, from a regulatory point of view, how we make it easier for those businesses out outside of London to get access to those conversations with the regulator. It shouldn't always be about those businesses coming to London. It should be about how we go to them, whether that's regulators, whether that's ministers and others. So we're very keen to build those areas of expertise, but build the UK's offer in fintech as a whole. And I think if you, you get the feedback from the industry, I mean, again, I was struck by the fact that a third of the respondents uh, to the census that's just come out are expecting to IPO in the next five years. So there's a number of areas of, of real optimism. Uh, and I think that's not just a London thing, that's across the UK. I think fintech firms by and large are very much go-getters. You know, they make things happen. They're not looking for handouts. They're, they're looking to make things happen. How do fintechs and people in fintech and banks help government? 
Well, I think there's a huge number of areas. I mean, I think if you look how technology is an enabler about financial inclusion, for example, I had a discussion uh, just this week in terms of looking at credit ratings and how perhaps if people are renting, how might you have a fintech solution to help with their credit worthiness? Because sometimes it's easier if you've got a mortgage, you've got you know a footprint. If you're renting, it can be more difficult. So that was an issue Lord Bird had raised with me, and we had a chat about that this week. And there's, there's all sorts of areas where fintech could potentially add value. I had a further meeting on on social impact investment. If people want to invest in a more socially responsible way, is there a way that fintech can facilitate that? Uh, If you look at other products, we're all familiar with fair trade. Uh, and people decide that it's not just about the price of their coffee. Sometimes they want to make a conscious decision in terms of how they spend their money uh, with a fair trade product. Well, it'd be quite interesting how might fintech feed into that within the investment community. So so the number of areas, whether that's helping government in terms of the debate in, in the public sector is often about inputs, how much have you spent, when actually really it should be about outputs. What have you got for the money? What's the value for money? What's been delivered? And I think fintech can help with government with those challenges. It can help with people accessing services, their credit worthiness. It can help reduce compliance costs. For example, the old ways of, of doing know your customer is to photocopy your passport, whereas actually you could have the electronic footprint will be probably a much more accurate way of identifying someone. Cheaper but better. So I think fintech can help in a whole spectrum of areas. That's why it's such an exciting agenda. And I think having London and the UK leading the way on this, as Ernst & Young, as others have identified, makes it very much at the heart of government policy. So we've got a broad range of listeners, everyone from people in the US to people in the UK, big banks, small fintechs. Is there anything you'd you'd ask of them? Is there any way that, that they can help? Um, Well, I think firstly, communication. Where there are impediments, it's letting us know. If there are things that are are blocking up the system, we're very keen to respond constructively. We're very open uh, for business. Uh, And so the communication with us, uh, with the regulator, with the Treasury, uh, we want to know where there are issues because we want to grow this market. So we can take the opportunities. I think that's the key issue. Uh, I think the key message I would say is we're very open to business. We want this sector to grow. I think we're leading the way, not just on some of the things to date, such as the sandbox, the regulatory approach, but also in our willingness to adopt uh, open banking. The discussions I have with bank chief execs are on how I see this as a key priority. Uh, so the message to the fintech world is we're really keen to have you. We see ourselves as a centre of excellence. We're not in any way complacent about our position. We need to move forward and we're very much looking forward to doing so. Uh, and we really want to work with the fintech industry to ensure the brightest and best come to the UK and we continue to grow fintech as a centre of excellence. Well, that's great. The, the key issue is, is understanding how do we grow the industry? What is it the industry needs? Uh, and we're very much about being open to business and supporting people in doing that so that around the world, if they're thinking about where do we come to grow our fintech, it is to the UK. I mean, I've, I've just been phenomenally impressed. We, we do work around the world. We've been down to Africa and across to the US uh, Singapore, everyone's looking to to what's happening in the UK. The number of people who know the challenger banks and know the sandbox and know what's happening, um, it's probably a testament to what's going on. So uh, thanks, Stephen. Really appreciate your time. And uh, it was great to hear what the Treasury was doing and to talk to FinTech Insider interviews. Thanks a lot. Pleasure. 
If you like what you've heard this week, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review on iTunes. We love reading them. It's great to hear what you guys think of it. Thanks for listening.